Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So there we were, Phil, in Cardiff. Uh, and we were about to enter the Millennium Stadium for the match. Just having a beer in uh, Cardiff Arms Park. The, the old arms the, the, the old arms park, the Cardiff Blues Arms Park, That's, that is. It's pretty cool, isn't it? The, right yeah. next door. Yeah. Did you go for a drink in the little... The, up, the upstairs non-members bar, yeah. And then downstairs is like a little car park thing. And there's a, there used to be a band, didn't it? Yeah, yeah they, did, they did that. They did that. And after the game, everyone was singing along to uh, Feeder, Stereophonics, Manic Street Preachers tunes, Make, that kind of thing. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, so, so there we were. Before the game, we wanted to catch a bit of the LV Cup semi-final, Northampton against Saracens. And uh, and we were up, we're having a little drink. I, I had it, We both had a Guinness, uh, sipping away, when... What would you describe happened? I suppose using the Jeremy Clarkson language of this week, <laughs> there was a fracas broke out. There was all of a sudden a fight. Well, all of a sudden there was a very loud bang, a load of smashed glasses uh, about five yards away from us, and two bodies on the floor. Now I saw what happened, and what happened was about a twenty-three stone, six foot six gentleman. Um, just decided to stand up from his chair and push the guy who was sat on the chair next to him, pushed him so hard that he flew he flew back about five metres um, on his chair and landed on his back. But as Phil said, there was another person on their back. Yes, because as he was pushed back, he put his arms out oh, no. to, to brace himself, uh, <laughs> arms out about oh, shoulder height, oh, no. and elbowed the 40-odd-year-old woman who was sat next to him in the head. Oh. And she was unconscious for a good five minutes. Brilliant. Alongside. Um, and were any either on um, South Wales supplements? <laughs> well, they were both, all, everyone involved was like mid-40s. Steaming this is, drunk. This is, yeah, 2pm. 2, 2 uh, everyone was hammered. Absolutely steaming. Uh, some interesting haircuts and tattoo choices Very uh, among, among, among the group. Wow, it's dark down there, isn't it? It is it's dark. Like, it's like being in the Wild West. Yeah. It, was, it was. It really was. I wanted to sort of laugh or say something or point or go and help, but I thought I'm not, go, I'm not getting involved at all because I would be in the firing line, you can imagine. Yeah, it. good decision not to get involved. Oh, dearie me. But it was an experience, um, and quite apart from the rugby, there is plenty to talk about, but mostly the rugby and that's why we should put our hands in and pod on three. One, two, three, pod! pod. Uh, firstly, I just want to say thank you very much to Canterbury for their wonderful support of the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. They've sorted out a brilliant prize for our Fantasy League and it, we go into the final week, so we'll let you know where things stand with that as well. £250 of Canterbury stash up for grabs and we were Canterbury's guests at the Millennium Stadium on Saturday. Uh, and uh, yeah, our, 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 the fun began before the game, as you've already heard. 
It was. I tell you what. You know what, JB? You always say, isn't it incredible how Wales managed to perform so well at rugby with a population of three million versus England's fifty-five or it's sixty not million just or whatever. Three million, though, was it? It's not just as a small population. What, a couple of Kiwis and South Africans as well? No, is that what, what you mean? <laughs> what I mean is, for the longest time, it's not just been three million. You're half that, because obviously half us live up in, in the north, so we, they weren't allowed to pick players from there full stop. <laughs> right, and then you half it again because half are women. And then you look at the <laughs> actual percentage of people that, you can, that can play rugby. So you're looking at about 20% of the male population of South Wales of what, of what 750,000. This, this is a point you've made lots and lots of times. My point was, when, I vi- when we visited Cardiff for an international match, you realise... Just by the, the the people that go there, and I talked when I went to Twickenham in the Autumn Internationals, and you go to an England game, and I felt like a, a scally, just a, nor- a normal. <laughs> you wearing a hoodie, Tim? Normal middle class lad. I felt like a scally because I didn't have hunter wellies, a barber jacket, gingham shirt, I, mustard chinos, I, I and I wasn't sipping. Sha- <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> sipping. No way. I was not sipping champagne with a raspberry uh, in the top of it and a mint sprig. Um, so I felt really out of place. But when you go to Cardiff, you realise rugby is the every man's game and so they may well have a population of 3 million but every one of those 3 million people love rugby whereas in England I'd probably say you're lucky if you're lucky if 3 million people love rugby out of the 55 million in England yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I think you're right I was saying the other day um, to you Tim that the school that I went to I was one of two lads out of 160 in my year who, who played rugby that's it and, and the whole area there was like Ten schools, I none of them played rugby. I had a class size of nine, and we all had to had to play. Yeah. And there were some rubbish kids. In <laughs> <Yeah. that>. Nine. <laughs> but I, but you look at uh, what was it? I, I looked at the advertising hoardings in the Millennium Stadium during the game, and it was uh, Peter's Pies was one of the one of the. I mean, like you go to Twickenham, it's all Land Rover, Bentley, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. P- Peter's Pies and National Express were two of the most prominent advertisers. Um, and you go outside the ground, you couldn't get like a hog roast or a or a, um, uh, a sort of a, a wrap of any kind. It was hot dog, burger, that's it. Yeah, exactly. The people well, there didn't don't know the meaning of the word sushi. Oh, horrific! <laughs> Could you not even get some high high quality macaroons or something? Uh, we had them on the train we down. Some, we had some on the way down. We may, we may have had some olives, falafel, <laughs> phyllo <laughs> lamb pastries and, uh, and macaroons on the journey down. I remember down. sitting on a train on the way down to Cardiff, uh, uh, Wales, Scotland. I was still in school at the time. and Two guys sat, sat down next to me, opened up their lunchbox, and it was just... Raw mushrooms. That's, that's all they had. That's awesome. I don't get me wrong. It sounds like I'm being well snobby. I'm not. I'm actually just pointing out the difference in the the rugby going crowds in Twickenham versus Millennium Stadium. I thought mm. Millennium Stadium itself was absolutely awesome. Is that your first time there? Uh, no, first time for an international rugby match. Yeah, and absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's quality, isn't it? My first time too, and just the atmosphere and. It's generated partly by the crowd, like you say, because everyone loves rugby. But also, it's so steep. You're mm-hmm. so close to the action. Like we, we were high up. We were halfway up the top tier. But the vantage point, we felt like we were looking down on the game. We felt we had a really good view. Yeah. Because it's so steep. It's brilliant. It was. It was awesome. You, you Just do, a great occasion. When it's really loud there, you do have a feeling that Wales can't lose. Yeah. And that uh, in that second half, early in the second half, when Ireland had all that uh, territory and possession in Wales's 22, and they had phase after phase after phase, and when that penalty was won, um, I think it was, I think it might have been Warburton who uh, won a penalty because of yeah. um, trying to turn over the ball on the floor, jackling over it. The crowd just erupted. 
they bet isn't I amazing. haven't heard a noise like that at an international that was it was like they'd won a major tournament like they'd won a World Cup and um, Jamie Roberts even tweeted today Sunday as we record this podcast he's, he tweeted going that the crowds he, they were aware of it on the pitch he said the crowd's reaction to that defensive set was unbelievable yeah it's... it was incredible it, the whole game was incredible. It, in my mind, I've had, what, like 24 hours plus now to mull over it and think it through. And in my mind, it just shows Gatland is insane. Because <laughs> just think about, or not that he's insane, maybe he's partly insane, but also the players must trust him so much. Because when he comes to the team meeting on the Wednesday and he goes, right, guys, I've got, I've got the plan to beat the Irish... What's that? We're going to make 80 tackles more than the most ever tackles ever made in any <laughs> Six Nations game. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, OK, yeah, we'll buy into that. What if he said that you're going to, you know, if you don't have any, any of the stat, like we're going to have 80 more scrums or 80 more passes or 80 more offloads, mm. you'd think he's insane. Uh, yeah. Because it's so much greater than the last precedent. Um, and it, part of it comes down to... Um, just the way that Ireland were playing. They played unbelievable low-risk rugby. And they, I almost felt like they'd bought into the negative criticism about them kicking too much. Um, mm. and, and they purposely didn't... They, yeah. in, against England, they made 38 kicks, which by no means is a ridiculous amount in any Six Nation game, looking at the stats. In this game, they only made 11 out of kicks out of hand, which is unbelievably yeah. low for, yeah. a, for a Six Nations exactly game. Exactly that. And another stat for you, folks. I know you love your, I know you love your stats and facts. Ireland, going into the games this round, had the least number of offloads in the competition comfortably. Yeah. And they've... they, Their whole game plan, as we've talked about many times, has been about safety, territory, no errors, keeping things tight. Or Corbizio would say, keep it kind of quiet. Mm. Um, <laughs> and they've been doing that this tournament has been effective and it's beaten Southern Hemisphere teams. Why wait until the tightest of matches to see if you can play rugby? Well, well this is the thing, though. They didn't... Well, they kind of... I didn't No, 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 but they, but they played it in the wrong areas and they didn't... Oh, I don't know. They, they were trying to run it out of their own but, half, whereas but, uh, the whole time they've been kicking it. But they weren't. They were trying to keep ball in hand. They weren't trying to play rugby yeah. because they never went wide. Yeah. They, they they used Tommy Bow as a rock clearer. They used him like uh, like Miles, to use Benjamin. Miles Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. it um, was funny. <laughs> just just on that, it is it is quite funny. Um, <laughs> Phil just sitting next to him watching the Island Wales game. Phil loves. Tommy Bow, like JB, <laughs> loves Miles Benjamin. It was every time Tommy Bow didn't go on Tommy Bow, go on Tommy Bow, good ruck Tommy Bow, great cl- great clear out ruck Tommy Bow. But that's all you had to say about Tommy Bow, wasn't two, it? Two yeah. players of similar talent. I think we can all agree on that. Mm, uh, Miles Benjamin's probably a bit quicker. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I bet he is. Um, I bet he is. But you're right. Ireland kind of played more rugby in the sense that they didn't play the territorial game through the boot, but they didn't play any rugby in the sense that they just played one out. Yeah, they hit, hit ups. Easy, yeah, one out runners all the time. Another, another stat. So there's a really, really good article uh, by Russ Petty for in Rugby World analysing Ireland's kicking. And he was saying that it has appeared that they've kicked a lot more than in, any other team, which they haven't done statistically, but they've made, only made an average of 2.8 metres per carry. 
So they're carrying the same number of times. They're just very ineffectual. Or against Wales, it. that's yeah. ne- negative 2.8 metres per carry. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I think Wales might have redefined the standards of defence. Well, see, this is, this is it. I, I think. The, the, Ireland uh, played uh, into uh, their hands. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I would not want to, if you're a proud Welshman, you know, I would not want to say that it wasn't an immense defensive performance because it was. But it, I don't think it was as good a defensive performance purely for the fact that Ireland played no rugby whatsoever. They just popped one out, ran in. That's yeah. easy yeah. to defend. I'm, I'm saying... e- evidenced by the fact that, you know, Luke Charteris, who's basically his job in the defensive line is to be guard or the man outside guard, he made 31 tackles. Yeah. That's because yeah. they just ran at the guards. Well, it's incredible as well. When we're watching the game... And Ireland are on, basically on the Welsh line and they're battering over. You can see the Welsh kind of clawing the way back one yard at a yes. time. Yeah. It was just awesome to watch. Because they were so predictable, it allowed Wales to get that line speed. So you're meeting them behind the gain line the every Ari- single time. Yeah, and the Irish line speed itself wasn't actually bad. I mean, no. they, they looked very, very good defense- defensively. Yes, yeah. The definitely. other thing as well, I noticed about Wales is tackling, and tell me if you think I'm wrong, was the lack of hits. It felt to me they were tackling very passively. So I was screaming at the, screaming at the screen because I felt a lot of times they could have absolutely smashed the Irish, but they did a lot of side-on tackling. They, and and there were two men on one yeah. every time and they, were bringing, they weren't smashing them back every time, but because they were hitting them behind the game line and taking them to the deck immediately, the net effect was marching them backwards. Yeah. It was and it, it was, Like you say, Jenkins put a few big hits in early on mm. um, and Hibbard put a, a few in when he came on to be the wrecking ball. And I, I do like him as a sub. Did he knock himself out? We didn't see on on TV. Probably. <laughs> yeah. It looked... It, it looked like it, he was out. It, he, did, he looked a bit unsteady getting to his feet watching from a, from a long way away in, in, the, in the stadium. He had to come off, I think. Um, he did get replaced. So. Did, did he get replaced? Yeah, I, I imagine in that case he, he he probably did get concussed. God knows what he's like doing the concussion protocol. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, the, the woman in the bar at Cardiff Arms Park, I'm assuming she she would have had to have gone through concussion protocol before she was allowed to go and watch the game. Definitely. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was really disappointed by by Ireland. Yeah. <sighs> Just. That- just how easy they made it for Wales. Easy? They had to make 80 no, more tackles no, 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 than they made. Predictable. Predictable. Exactly yeah. that. Uh, and, and by comparison, when we'll talk about the England game as well, and, and Scotland and England, both, you saw the effect of trying to offload the ball into space. England a couple of times did it forward, but it's devastating when you do it at the right time. At the right in time a, in the right way. Well, do you know what? I've got another theory about the Welsh defence and why in Ireland and Wales now two very, very good defences. And my theory is uh, it comes from something Gatlin said, which would be best at the jobs that require no skill. Well, yeah. if, you, if you want to build a brilliant attacking machine filled with genius, you're going to need some genius. If you don't have genius, it's much easier to get the boys fit and build a structure and make them work hard. So Wales are basically the best at the jobs that don't require it, mm. require any skill. And I think that's why we're starting to see this kicking game as well. They're, it almost feels like they're afraid to hold the ball and play rugby, so they kick it away. They back their D because they know it's great. Uh, and also, I think they're trying to milk cards, red cards and penalties from challenges in, in, in the air. And that's the, statistically the best way to do it. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I do think that Wales only had 30% possession and 30% territory. They had no, wow. no ball 
uh, but why do you want to? No position, but they did at least try and spread it wide. And you saw that when uh, Scott Williams scored his try, that they spread it one typical Wales pattern: mm-hmm. uh, spread it one way, spread it the other way, spread it back the other way, and there was the room because he mm-hmm. slip was not quick enough to get in, into the line and cover across inside Tommy Bow. Let's talk about Ireland for a second because I want to play you this. This is um, so they have this uh, pundit. You know, imagine Sky Sports or BT Sports on RTE, and uh, there's, there's, there's a couple of old fellas on there, really old fellas. One George, guy, one guy called George Hook. George Hook. George, I've heard of this guy. I know George Hook. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he can be a controversial figure, and uh, I mean, this is bordering on xenophobic. Um, so there's two kind of points here. One, there's one about picking non-Irish nationals in okay. the international team squad, and then there's also the element of talking about the centres, which we'll get onto. So this was George Hook. Nine times and one oh, no, wrong clip. There we go. Here, this is George Hook. Ireland has a problem. If it plays second-rate foreign players in front of Irish qualified Charles, players, pain. Madigan has been appallingly treated by Irish rugby. Yeah, O'Connor at Leinster, he has. Nonsense. He's just not been picked, George. It's something very different. He's played here. He's played for us for three years. He's become Irish qualified. He's, he's committed himself to Ireland, and I think he should be treated with the respect so of an, any, any Irish player. And commit well, I think he should be respect at, at any Irish player. So if I say he's not better, that's not treating him with respect. Should we when I say he's not as good as Ian Madigan. Right, so there's two points there. Basically, um, Jared Payne in the centre, some people have got a bit of an issue with, following the lack of creativity. Um, and also, uh, we, can put the, we can park the national thing to one side. Yeah. Do Ireland have a bit of a problem at centre because they just no. lacked any sort of creativity? Let's, Tommy Bow never got the ball. Let's just go back let's just go back to what to what happened yesterday. Yesterday was one of the most spectacular pieces of uh, masterful defending ever seen and the stats bear that out. That's all that's all that happened. They played against a very, very good Welsh team. But like we said before they never tried to create anything. They never run a move in the backs. They never tried to put it 12, 13. Pop, the, the, only, the, only, the only pass it. they do was pop inside. They love the pop yeah. inside and the Johnny Sexton wrap around. So mm. they play, almost played into Wales's hand by, I, by doing that. I but, don't think having Payne at 13 is going to make you more or less creative. No, no. Well, I, the I, the I don't point know. they're making is he's a fullback. Jared Payne's a fullback um, and he's playing in the centre for Ireland. They do have more creative, sparky players. I suppose there's, there's one point here. It's like, we, we are, you've got to remember, and maybe the honeymoon period's over um, after that game, you have got to remember Ireland have just broken up the cornerstone of their team and their back line probably for, well, for, dec- for over a decade. Yeah. And mm. that's going to take some time to bed in. Jared Payne and Robbie Henshaw, are they the right men? It is going to take time. I don't know if it is going to take time. They've already beaten South Africa. They've already beaten Australia. Yeah, Australia. They've already beaten England. England. Yeah. You know, they're pretty bedded in. They've yeah. just played a good Welsh team. And yeah. that's it. Like we said before, though, they've almost got two fullbacks in the centres. Yeah. And you see how effective their kick chase game is, which is why it's, it's just so confusing to me that they've only kicked out of hand 11 times. Um, and they've got completely gone away from that Do you think that, that was coached? Because Johnny Sexton did not cover himself in glory. Three kicks out on the full. The, yeah. fact, the fact he got replaced he replaced in the last five minutes when they still could have won it pro- probably tells you quite a lot about how Johnny Sexton played. Two missed penalties? Uh, one, one missed penalty. Was um, it? The, it was the very first one. But a rare poor game for him. Yeah, it, it was a poor game for him. But because he's so integral to Ireland, and we've spoke about that before, mm-hmm. how fit was he? Because he went off, he limped off against England with a hamstring injury. Not as fit as you think Tommy Bow is. But <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, you mean fit as in aerobically fit and strength uh, fit. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> was he 100%? Because to, to be honest, that's not the uh, Johnny Sexton that we no. all are used oh, to. Do you know what though? Johnny Sexton, 
uh, although he has the big name and everyone loves him, I love him, I think he's a great player, he's probably not as, danger, as dangerous a, a runner as Madigan. Because Madigan can, can, can run the ball. And if you do want a, a bit of a spark, I don't really have a problem with them changing Madigan, Madigan for Sexton. I think it's, in fact, pretty... Well, late on in the game? Yeah, pretty yeah, it, solid yeah, uh, it, substitution, actually. It is, but still, it all comes back to the just the lack of ambition and the yeah. limited game plan that they played. Mm. Yeah. Just just one more thing on, on the, the game. Um, the two penalties at the end. I, me, me and Tim both thought Wayne Barnes had a very good game. OK. Particularly second half. Yeah. He, he facilitated that great second half, which was a brilliant bit of rugby theatre. And free-flowing and just yeah. lots of phase after phase after phase after phase. He, he, let exactly. mm. he let the boys play. He let the boys play. However, gave far, yellow card, far, I mean, I don't know what the television... I don't know what you thought watching it on TV, JB, but... That that final two decisions. I have no. The, idea. the answer is I have no idea. The, um, the, the scrum to um, Wales when Ireland were driving and had the momentum, and it looked like when I, you know, Ireland scored the penalty try from a from a pushover try. It looked pretty similar. The the mall which Ireland had marching forward got went down somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this time it wasn't a penalty to Ireland or penalty try. It was a scrum Wales. And then the scrum itself. And then the scrum itself. Are you telling me that was Ireland wheeling the scrum? They obliterated. Something happened your, in that scrum. Wales is tight ahead. Aaron Jarvis, I'm sorry, this is another thing. If you were playing against Italy, would you want Cardiff Blues' first choice tight head prop or would you want their fourth choice tight head prop starting for Wales? Whatever Gatlin tells me. Because <laughs> Samson, Samson, Samson Lee is not going to be playing. No, he's not. Well, um. And Aaron Jarvis is not up to it, scrummage, you, scrummaging international rugby. Can you name the three props likely to be selected for uh, the, the, the Italy game? Or the ones that have been called up into the, in, into oh, the squad? for Wales? Yeah. I have got no idea. Because Jenkins might be out as well. Jenkins could be out, yeah. Um, so, P- Paul James, was he there? A broken hand. Oh, God. No, then. So no. a guy from a guy from Exeter whose name I uh, Mitchell. Craig, no, Craig, Craig Mitchell. Mitchell. Not him. Not him. Um, it's no one like Brewster or Reeskill or anyone like. So it's some guy from Exeter that I've not heard heard, heard of. I think Rob Evans will be called up. Maybe, maybe a quick call to Avion Lewis Roberts. Who knows? <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, oh God. I've yeah, been banging uh, that drum for a couple of but, years. But just to go back, um, I, I was. Baffled. I was scratched. I mean, I, I let's not take it away. It was a brilliant game. Yeah. Um. And it, it what it's great for the tournament because it's so open now in the final weekend, and that's a good thing. And as an Englishman, I'm happy with the result. But I was scratching my head. Um. Those final two decisions from uh, referee Wayne Barnes. Who, other than that, I thought had a really good game. Well, the yellow card for Sam Warburton was a bit silly. Um. The yellow it, card. It, it was a it was a penalty. I'm surprised he gave a yellow card. Well, yeah. yellow yellow cards, as we've discussed before, are silly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that could have ruined it because Wales usually leak about twelve points. Don't don't know the yeah, yellow card. Yeah, so. that was testament to them, and again, a demonstration of Ireland's lack of ambition. Right. Mm. Something for us um, now before we go into the England Scotland game. Um, other than the fight we saw, we're well, not a fight. Yeah, yeah, it was a fight. Other, yeah. than, other than the woman getting knocked out by a rogue elbow flying backwards on a chair at a rate of knots we saw in, in the bar in the Cardiff Arms Park, um, the other big bust up, dust up, has been Jeremy Clarkson. I've got a, a, a contender for someone to, to take Phil Clarkson's shoes from the rugby Phil world. Phil Clarkson? 
To fill. <laughs> to Clarkson. fill. Oh, right, sorry. Jeremy Clarkson's <laughs> shoes from the rugby world. Good podding. I just went down, I went down a YouTube wormhole and I found this horrific bit of blagging, which also could double up as a, a little segment on Top Gear. This is James Haskell and the video is entitled Why I Love My Car. Oh, and no. this is basically um, one massive blag to get James Haskell a Range Rover. Hello, I'm James Haskell. I'm here in Paris at the famous Stade Charlotte, the home of Stade Francais. And I give you a little tour around my car, the Range Rover Sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Of course it is. What is this music? One of the key features of this car for me is definitely going to be the seating position. With all the weights we do and all the subsequent driving, the seating position's got to be perfect. Otherwise, if you spend any longer than half an hour in the car, your back falls to pieces. In a Range Rover Sport, that doesn't happen. Oh, you may not oh, have a Range Rover seat in any <laughs> other car. Well, I'll tell you, if your hips are higher than your knees, you can ask any physiotherapist. It's the best way to drive. Your hips are higher than your knees, is that right? Mm. There you go, never knew that. One of the other key features of this car has got to be the sat-nav. Now, whether I'm driving between Paris or London or just around Paris, if you don't know where you're going, you're stuck before you've even started. But with this sat-nav, it's so easy to use, it's touchscreen, and it's kept me out of many scrapes. One of the byproducts oh, of the I'd love to know his recent destinations. Oh, this is just horrible. Mike Phillips' house, Mike Phillips' house. In a Range Rover Sport, that's never a problem. And you do get a very fetching plastic rubber mat, which keeps everything pristine. It's, just, it's horrible to watch. Uh, it's it's one, even more horrible than put like, the urban music in the background. Uh, it's, it's, it's just one big blag. But, potential Clarkson. I don't know, maybe Haskell's liked too much. Poor old Clarkson. You, you, have, you have to be Mr Marmite a little bit more to, to be Clarkson. I did you, tweet you, him. Hold on, you say poor old Clarkson. Oh, here you we go, here we go. You don't even know what happened. The, the Tim defence is coming out any, any moment no, now. No, you don't just, even know what happened. No, it has nothing well, to do with that, being a millionaire. That's what you're going to say next. I know what if 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 I uh, put one of my colleagues in hospital by whacking them, so they needed stitches in their lip, then I might actually sort of go. Oh, I've probably crossed the line there, and I might get the boot. Yeah, but he's talented. Especially isn't he? if last year I called an Asian person an, a, a, a racist term and <laughs> offended Argentinians as well. And offended et Argentinians? Et How et dare you? Etc. Etc. How dare you? There are islands. Etc. Etc. Et anyway, let's, let's let's not go there. But who, <laughs> who is rugby's? That's, who is rugby's? That's mis- a scandal! You even say that. <laughs> who is rugby's Mr. Marmite? You know, no one would sort of have been indifferent to. They absolutely love, or they or they really loathe. Uh, well, we we had a, a chat about Haskell. Haskell's the probably up there. Haskell's definitely up there. Some people do; they can't stand him. Cipriani as well. I feel I feel bad saying this about Haskell. I I, I kind of I, I I like the guy, and I just don't think he's good enough at international level. Oh, I really nonsense. don't. He's amazing. He never offloads. He cannot offload. He doesn't have hands. He's not. He, he's like. He's just. He's a workhorse. He's just a workhorse. I tell I don't... you what, if he if he was Welsh, he'd he would definitely play. No, he wouldn't. Oh, he would. He wouldn't get in above Lidget. Or Falatau. He's just a grafter. He's a grafter. He's in great, great, great physical shape. I feel (laughs) he is in great physical shape. He is in great physical shape. I agree with that. When he's on his, when he's playing well, he can completely dominate a physical situation in the breakdown in the mall and we have you know well, that's it physical situation yeah that, that, that's half the game it's like you get into an arm wrestle you're not going to beat New Zealand in an arm wrestle you need to do something more than that to beat New Zealand Australia South Africa but he was completely ineffectual against Ireland but he's very effective against Wales well on to England then and here's another thing just sort of linking the Wales game and the, the Wales Ireland game and the England Scotland game the, the way that the Welsh fans react to Sam Warburton 
is amazing. We were in the stadium when Sam Warburton was giving his post-match chat, and I don't know whether you picked it up on the on the telly, but the the cheer that he got just when he started speaking, regardless of what he said, was just phenomenal. Yeah, just when he appeared on the big screen, he, just, hadn't, yeah. he hadn't even opened his mouth yet. He's a hero, though. The, yeah, and we were commenting on <laughs> the unbelievably marked difference between how he is treated by the media and by the fans compared to how Rob Shaw... As, mm. as captain is treated, and we don't. I certainly don't think there's much beto- between the two of them in terms of talent, oh, uh, ability. Uh, a question uh, that I always ask play. people is, what does Warburton do? And when's the last time you saw him have a really good game? Now people will say, oh, he played really, really well against uh, Ireland. But when you ask him, well, what, what did he do? People start like scratching their heads and they you know, start stumbling over their words. Oh, well, he made those tackles. Look at the stats. Yeah, he made he made twenty three. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had, uh, which is a lot of tackles. This, he did tackle very well this game. But the stats compared to um, Rob Shaw aren't actually that favourable. No, no, well, they're definitely not. No, and and and, and the other thing I noticed. So, so basically, it's yeah, you saw the love and the and the adoration that the Welsh rugby captain gets, and the indifference and the cynicism that, that the England rugby captain um, gets. It was we noticed it being in Cardiff. Because. And secondly, we, we also noticed. And Phil, you mentioned that that BBC Six Nations advert that got banned a couple of years ago, that <laughs> um, where they had basically all the other countries going, "Yeah, we want to beat the English," and they they, they said, "Oh no, that's that's that, going that, to BBC are awful, aren't they? Just awful. And, it's an well, awful, awful organisation." Well, okay, <laughs> uh, okay, leave that leave that to one side um, for a second. That's the opinion of JB. They're just terrible. <laughs> B- BBC may want to have an egg chasers uh, I'm podcast. Pretty one sure they won't. Anyway. That advert got banned and it was tapping into the fact that everyone loves to hate England. We were in a pub watching the England-Scotland game and when it became clear we were English, oh my word, Yeah, did we get some stick. And um, th- there were people, you know, when we sort of clapped the England try at the end to, to put them ahead of the 12 points that they, w- they won by, um, there was people going, oh, you should have beaten Scotland by more, they're rubbish. But I actually looked at it, England beat Scotland by a bigger margin than any other team has beaten yes. Scotland Sorry. by this tournament. Yes, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, just go back to some Warburton thing a minute. The reason he's treated the way he is... God, than, typical Welshman, just talking <laughs> about your Welsh captain. Yeah, but other than the fact that his style of play is very manly and very you know like rugged, hard-working, <laughs> that kind of stuff, so it's easy to relate to. But, <laughs> uh, well, not for me, I'm not uh, rugged or hard-working. Um, <laughs> but the reason he's treated the, the, the way he is is because we don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah, we really want it to be want it to be the case that he is the best seven in the world, and if we will it enough, <laughs> he if, he will be the best seven in the world. If you say it enough times, people eventually start to believe exactly. it. Exactly. Rob Shaw, on the other hand, you know he's not the best seven, so you know that, that's why he's treated tre- that's why he's treated the way he is. Mm. Didn't even make the Lions tour. Do, mm. do, do your own math, sir. Uh, but I, do you know what? I, I'm there's been a lot of people saying, "Oh, England lacked a bit of cutting ed- edge and ruthlessness." I was. More encouraged than discouraged by England. Yeah, they look good. I thought they looked fine. I, I, li- I like George Ford more and more as a ten. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, well, when he's uh, got space to play, yeah, yeah, he, he's a very different ten than when his space is closed down. Yeah, it, it does make a huge difference when you can pop Big Luth into space and get uh, how Joseph did... on the outside shoulder. I mean, how they didn't finish more tries as 
yeah. beyond me. But they're making chances, and that's and that's half the battle. They've, they've they've still won, and when they do their video analysis on Monday, it'll look very it'll look very very good indeed. You know, anyone criticising England now is just a, I think they're looking for talking points rather than anything else. Yeah, th- there are a few things to criticise towards the end of the first half, probably the last twenty minutes of the first half when they started so brightly but only managed to get seven points on the board, yeah. only managed mm-hmm. to get one try and bombed a couple. Um, and then Scotland really came back into it and, and look, Scotland looked really was good. Was it 13-10 at one point? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the difference, I think the difference is, and this is what could potentially cost England World Cups, because I think up front they're going to be able to match teams when they need to. Defensively, I think they'll be able to match teams when they need to. But England made 11 clean breaks. That's... And they they only scored, they scored three tries. And, and, you know, you've got to convert. And, and that's what New Zealand do. They convert. I'll tell you... I don't think it's the right move for England, but who they could bring in to increase that uh, conversion ratio? Uh, Miles Benjamin. Not Miles Benjamin. Right position. Brad Barrett. Oh, oh, no. oh, 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 oh right position. So not Miles Benjamin. Christian Wade. No. Nope. Well, that would increase. The, the guy that you want, when you make a clean break, you want on the pitch because he will always... Ashton will run the right supporting Ashton, line. Ashton yeah. reads, the, reads the lines better than any other player now, in the England That is a guy who I think has been bad, badly treated. I think he's got his, his weaknesses, but if you'd had him on the pitch there when Big Luth makes his break, he would he would have run the correct spot in line yep. and made it an easy pop pass rather than Luth having to look at a twenty yard pass and then not Big give Luth. It and, Big Luth, give Big him his proper name. Yeah. Sorry, Big Luth. Who, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, they look very dangerous in England. If they, it, it does feel a little bit like the World Cup's maybe a year too early for them. You would like to see George Ford play another twelve months. You know, get May and Luther and no. Big Luth, Big, Big Luth and JJ uh, yeah. all playing together for an extra year would be awesome. Uh, uh, and of course, you've got Eastman to, to 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 come into that as well. And Manu, and Manu, oh, of potentially if he ever does come back. I read a yeah. not very good article Ooh, the other day. What did you read? Well, it was a perfectly good article, but it was well, just sorry. not yes. good for an England fan. <laughs> not good news. Not good as a fan. <laughs> a terribly written article. <laughs> Yeah, not good for, as a fan of Manu Toilagi. Well, what do you read? You keep telling us. Um, just saying that he's had um, now had three um, return to playing dates all scrapped, and they basically don't know. There's, he's there's so no posit- strong, he just keeps ripping the muscle off his own bone. Wow. There's no positive indication as to when he's going to come back. No. It's, it, the only thing is they hope he comes back before the end of the season. Now, but that's a it's a hope. That's a finger wow. in the air. Did you read the article by blogger? Figurative pocket uh, well, about the director of rugby. I really, really enjoyed that, uh, and it kind of comes back to this thing, which is, um, if you're a director of rugby now, can you hold a Manu Tuolangi? He's going to be away with internationals. He's going to, you know, his body's going to be wrecked because he's because he's always, always playing. You're going to pay him a, pay him a fortune, and he's never going to wear a Leicester shirt. Uh, you do I, get reimbursed for internationals. Do you? You, you get. Quite a, a fair chunk of wedge to compensate you but for. I mean, even so, it doesn't mean you can have another player because there's, there's a squad size limit too, right? Yeah, and you still got the overall salary cap, don't yeah. you? Unless that do, it's outside the salary yeah, yeah, cap, that, but that. It, yeah. And like uh, like Tom Croft has come back, played a couple of games for England, dislocated his shoulder two weeks ago playing for Leicester. Yeah. So <laughs> I, you'd I, like if you're Leicester, I think you'd like those those two salaries off off your books immediately. Possibly, unless mm. they can get an extended. Uh, period of fitness, but looking and back when on the there past are, couple of you years, can, you can get extra salary cap space for to 
to compensate for injuries if you have to get someone in to cover an injury. But there are, there are little, video, little ways around. Yes, yes, I agree. But it's still you can sort I of agree. pay it. So um, in France, do, do in France, the government pays their, pays their sick wage? Yeah, the local council. The local the, council pay it? Yeah. It's unbelievable. And they can get the, they have different rules around the medical drill because well, they can bring it in. Going from France, should we, um, should we talk about... Well, firstly, before the game, I mean... Italy against France is just the game where, as an Englishman particularly, I just feel such inferiority about our national anthem. <laughs> yes. Well, as, I, as I tweeted, for um, two such stirring an- anthems, they're very bad. Um, they're, they're surprisingly bad at fighting wars. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you'd think, with all the emotion that builds up, uh, that they'd actually be, be quite good, but quite the contrary. And by looking at this game as well, they were even worse well, at rugby. Well, here's here's our take on the Italy France game. That was our highlights of the Italy-France game. I'm trying to think of something really positive to say about this game. Uh, I, I, I will say something positive. I really like the Italian nine. I think he's quality. Yeah. Uh, Ed, Eddie, Ed, Eduardo uh, Gori. Gori, that's it. He looked like he looks like he's a real talent. Gori, that's not an Italian name, is it? Is he Georgian or something? Spedding's a very French name. Oh, and he was quite good, actually. <laughs> yeah, he was. I tell you what, about Spedding, other than he's massive. Spedding? Spedding? Yeah, when Eddie <laughs> Butler pronounces it. Um... What he is you... ridiculous. We said we said it before, but he's he's ridiculous. Eddie Butler, so, unless you do it for everyone, yeah, don't do it for France. Lolly, he, he doesn't do, he doesn't really do it with the Italians either. <laughs> no, no. Well, of course, Haimona went out uh, uh, early. I know Haimona uh, wasn't playing. Haimona yeah, yeah. went, out, went out before the game. Went out before the game. Ah, oh, right. And then uh, Alan, because Al, Alan tweets himself bef- in There's, the warm up as well. So, sorry, it's not Alan. It's Alan. 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 Alan, even though he's Scottish, Alan. even though he's Scottish, no, it's definitely Alan. Uh, Alan, mm. yeah. Um, so a bad, ba- a bad day for Flyhops. Uh, the scrum off was pretty good. Oh, spelling. He looks when he runs. Spedding. He looks like he's running really fast. <laughs> like, do, do you know? <laughs> some people glide. Well, yeah. you can really see him working. He's hard. really working. Yeah. Yeah, but not actually getting anywhere that fast. Well, he made a nice, a nice little line break for the first, first try. For the try. I'll tell you what, Phil, I've got you a special bit of music just for this. I want you to run down in kind of... You just imagine yourself on top of the pops back in the day. You're running down the different permutations of what could happen and what needs to happen for different various countries to win in the final round of matches next week. Take it away, Phil, our stat man. OK, so currently in first place on... Well, tied on six are England, Ireland and Wales. But in first place on points difference, which is what it comes down to, are England with plus 37. In second place are Ireland with plus 33. In third place are Wales with plus 12. And in fourth place uh, are France, who are two points behind, but are still mathematically in it. I think they're on plus 22 for points difference at the moment. So they would need... So no, I've, I've, England, I know, I'm, I'll just deal with the France one quickly, because I, I work this out. France, If France beat England by 15, let's say... Well, if they beat by 10. Yeah, OK, if France beat England by 10, Ireland lose, and Wales only beat Italy by about 15... Mm-hmm. France are champions. No. No? No. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. France need England, Ireland, and Wales all to lose. And only then can France. No, 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 I worked it out. France can He's beat Fra- France can beat England by fifteen. Right. Ireland lose, and then Wales only beat Italy by twenty, and France become champions. No, because no, because France are on four points currently, and Wales are on six points. Yeah, so so France would still be two points behind Wales. France, and you make a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, yes. This is why Phil is the stat man. I'll so, shut up. Go so, on, carry yeah. on. So, assuming England win by uh, by fewer than three points more than Ireland win by, then England win the championship regardless. Unless Wales put 25 more points on Italy than England do to France. Okay. Now... The only scenario that can possibly mean that France win is is where I should have shut up and just listened to Phil. Go on. Yeah. Is if uh, Wales lose to Italy, Ireland lose to Scotland, and France beat England by more than more than ten points, basically. Fact. Wow. And that would that would allow Ireland to lose by only one point, and France then take the take the championship. Would the world end? Uh, it'd be yeah. probably the worst team to ever win the Six Nations. sucked into a wormhole and that will be it. I mean, I look at my phone, Done. it's just got no phone reception. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the earth is starting to feel hot. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the, the permutations are interesting because England play at home, but they play the... Last. Last, they play but, last. but they play the team of the bottom three who yeah. are highest up. Um, Wales play Italy away... Italy, who are uh, Wales, need the biggest margin. Italy are arguably look, the worst team. Wales but previous all, already won yeah, a game. Wales previous matches in Rome, they won twenty six nine, twenty one sixteen, and twenty fifteen. But they, in their previous games, they know they need to beat them by more by twenty five points more than England beat France so by. Assuming England do beat France, I'm not statistically. I don't know what I'm saying here. Um, you're saying England are in the driver's seat. England because uh, you're looking at the points on the table. Points already scored. Yeah, money and in the bank, money in the bank. And however, and they they also are the only one that play at home. But what are the odds of Wales winning? Be, because they've got the easier draw in terms of a team, and actually, England might not even win their game. Uh, agreed, but Wales also might not win theirs, particularly given the front row problems that we have, and that's the biggest area of strength of the Italians. Yeah, uh, is that uh, okay? Maybe the Italian scrum didn't look great today, though. No, it didn't against that massive. French and also, front. if if again, if they can get the referee in their pocket a little bit, like like Wales did, somehow managing to convince Wayne Barnes that that was a penalty to Wales. But anyway, that's... but, um, but then Ireland are only four points uh, in points difference term behind England, and they're playing Scotland, who haven't yet won a game, even though they've put. But in then some Ireland good have scored what one try? How many tries have Ireland scored in the tournament? Two. Couple, one of them a penalty yeah. try. Yeah, <laughs> not many. So, yeah. They didn't score against France. They scored two or three against Italy. Uh, I'm going for England. I'm going England. You, okay, do 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 what you want. Um, I, I I think I, I think Ireland. I think Ireland. I think Ireland will revert to uh, more kicking. Not necessarily all they do is kick, but they will revert to more kicking, which suits their game plan. Um, suits the, the players they've got on the pitch. Um, and I think they will 
beat. I think they'll beat Scotland by five to ten points more than England beat France by. But just remember this. Hear me now, believe me later. Mickey JB's catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Just remember this. Scotland have to win one game this Six Nations. They, they have to. They have to. We've, we've, I said they would. Yeah. So, they, it's only one game left. This is one they, they have to win. They, they oh, are going to win. They are going to win, yeah. Regardless of the outcome of their games, I love the way Scotland try and play. Yeah, I dude. really like their offloading game, the popping players into space. I was, just, I was saying this to Phil um, before the show that they've basically been robbed of a victory when they took Finn Russell away. Just <laughs> stop it! You the, stop it! We've been through this how many most, times? Yeah, Leave and, it! And nothing's changed. Nothing's Leave changed. It. Leave it. Ban- the banning players. Watch this. Oh. Oh. Banning players is so absurd. God. But what happens? I don't want to get. No, no, Phil, don't, don't, don't. I don't want to buy it. No, I was going to say, what happens if bigger lands on his head and he's out for six months? (sighs) It happens. It's it's sport. It's it's rugby. (laughs) It just happens. What happens if Chris Chakai goes over on his um, leg and breaks his uh, breaks his tibia? Yeah, he's out. It's just rugby. That that's the point. If it's done legally rather than illegally, what happens if the Christians get eaten by the lions? It just happens. (laughs) It's a gladiatorial, you know, an adversarial gladiatorial sport. Sorry, I just wanted to break that up. (laughs) Thank you, Tim. Right, listen. um, As happens a lot of the time, there's a lot of hospitality stuff that goes on in marquees outside international grounds. And there was a a marquee, and there was a load of ex England and Scotland internationals um, outside Twickenham in one of the marquees. Probably getting, but it doesn't matter what they were getting paid. Probably getting paid a fortune um, by some corporate sponsor to, to turn up and it's have an a bit evil of a corporation. Here's a good bit of banter though between Doddy Weir and Kenny Logan. So there was a load of England, ex England pros there: Will Carling, Brian Moore, um, Kieran Bracken, and various others. And then there was just two Scots: there was Doddy Weir and Kenny Logan, and they were having a little bit of a crack about how basically they'd never beaten England. This is the two of them, starting with Doddy Weir. Playing against England nine times and one fuck off. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> mine's not as bad as that. I did six times and one fuck off. <laughs> you must be shit, don't you? <laughs> You've got a lovely wife. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> I've been told you've been known as Gabby's husband. But anyway. It was good. It was good. I'd like to see them in an after dinner, a little double act. That was good. I enjoyed that. You're saying Ireland win? Yeah, Ireland win the whole thing. Okay. Oh, Ireland win the whole thing. I, I can see uh, teams that are up there, England, Wales and Ireland all winning. I can also see Ireland winning, beating Scotland by enough to take the championship. I think I think England will struggle against that pack. Um and so they'll, they'll struggle to get front football and therefore they'll struggle to put their backs in space mm. like they did against Scotland. So I think they'll win, but only narrowly. And I think Ireland, reverting to, the, to type, will uh, have enough to beat Scotland comfortably, so they'll take the title. Mm. I think England will turn it on. I think they will... Is it a Twickenham? It is. It is a Twickenham. See, I mean... This will mark, I think, here's my prediction. It's very much me trying to be an optimistic Englander. This will be the bookend from Cardiff two years ago when it was the Grand Slam decider and Wales had to beat England by, what was it? Yeah, 20 20 points. points. And they beat them 30 30 points to three. They they absolutely smashed them. Yeah, it was incredible. But that was like Stuart Lancaster, rabbit in the headlights. Oh my God, this is what international rugby is about. He's got, a mirror image of that, this time at home, 
And I think he's going to show, and I think his England team are going to show that they're the ones that are going to come out like Wales did two years ago and blitz France and their massive pack. Because, of course, uh, England play last, so they will know uh, by how many points they need to beat France by. Is it in order Saturday? To win. Is it Sunday? It is Saturday. Like it's on Saturday. By the yeah. way, I wanted to say, how much disco was there before the Wales-Island game? Because me and Phil were at the Millennium Stadium, but the, the, the person who had your ticket... Oh, we haven't even talked about this! How have we not talked about this? Go on, JB, tell everybody listening to the podcast the reason why, as you know, a proud Welshman, mm-hmm. you didn't have the third lovely ticket that Canterbury well, kindly you um, offered us to, um, for the podcast. Tell us why. Okay, so tell my, us, no, no, no. Just, just tell us. Don't try and dodge this one. Tell no, us. No, I will be very. Uh, tell us I, why you weren't there. I will tell you all why this happened. So our fixture list for Broughton Park comes out er- oh, early. Oh, go. So Layla, my lovely wife, decided that she'd book us a nice weekend away in London. Thursday, she asks for a quick sit-down because we need to have a talk. Uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. And the talk was, I've not been completely honest with you about what we're doing in London. You're going to need to get your, um, your black tie dry-cleaned. We're going to the ballet. Thankfully, Layla was ill on, on Friday, and I cannot describe the euphoria uh, which which uh, came over my body when he said, I, I'm just too ill to get the train. The temperature's <laughs> just too high. But by that time, I'd given away my Wales under 20 tickets and my Wales versus, I- versus Ireland ticket, so I couldn't go. But it was worth it just not to go to the ballet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you missed Swan Lake. And then we were going to watch Swan Lake two and a half hours. Oh, and here you go, right? So Layla's mum tried to persuade me that this I would enjoy it. And how would she do this? Well, she'd obviously uh, tug at the heartstrings and say, oh, you know rugby players do ballet to keep fit, yes? I'm like, hang on, hang on, Suze. All I do is watch rugby, talk about rugby. I do a rugby <laughs> podcast. I'm pretty sure I would know if James Haskell was doing ballet in his in, in his spare time. <laughs> Don't try and oh well, I'm, I'm fully into it. Then if you t- if you tell me they're doing ballet, I'm fully into it. Pilates, yeah, I'm sure they do do it. But yeah, done about done about ballet. Although, I'm sure, Hugo Monnier would look outstanding uh, doing ballet. Would <laughs> maybe very good at it too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet he would. Yeah. So anyway, that's why JB wasn't at the rugby. Um... I've got a little bit of a game, Six Nations-based game for us to play. Ooh, sounds an like a- fun. An age game. So it's going to be you oh, two. No. It's going to be you, JB, against you, Phil. And your, uh, however far away you are from the age will be your score. Lowest score will win. And the topic is Six Nations head coaches. Oh, God. So the age, please. And you'll take it in turns. Um, oh, to go first. Heads or tails, Jay? Heads. Okay, hold on. It's tails. You want to go first or second, Phil? Um, can I go first, please? Okay. If you're a mug, why would you want to go first? You get to listen to yes. his guess first, and then go second on three of them. Anyway, it's th- there's six teams, isn't there? Oh yeah, six teams. So, you're th- right. The last one. Oh yeah. <laughs> so oh yeah. You're right, Tim. What is up with me today? I'm, it's going to end up even, but Have the last one I want to go. Um, I want to oh, go second. Sorry. Uh, what is up with me today? <laughs> Have you seen that NHS video? Uh, and they tell you how to detect signs of a stroke. <laughs> Tim, it's fa- is it fast? fast? I can smell burning. <laughs> right, uh, Joe Schmidt. Tim, you keep winking at me. <laughs> can someone press play on the on the music? I can't use my left arm. Um, right, Joe Schmidt, Irish head coach. Oh my Phil. god, Phil. 
I got Age. <sighs> Good game's a quick game. I'm going to say 48. 48? No, 51. 51 says JB. 48 says Phil. Joe Schmidt, 49. So, oh. so Phil has a score of one because you were one away. JB, you have a score of two because you were two away. God damn it. Good scoring so far. Um, JB, you're first. Warren Gatland. 52. Uh, yeah, Col- not, not far off that. 54. Warren Gatland, 51. Yes. JB's on three total. Phil on four total. Mm. Stuart Lancaster. 45. 40, 46, I think. Stuart Lancaster is 45. Oh. Phil got it right. So you're four all. Three oh. rounds, you're four apiece. Now, Vern Cotter. Oh, God, I have no idea. Um, hmm. Uh, oh, it's on it's me. you first. 48. Hmm. I think. I'm going to see 46. 53. Oh, yes! God. I might win something. JB's on nine. Phil is on 11. JB's got a t- lead of two with two to play. Philippe Saint-André. <sighs> Phil, you go first. Hmm. I'm going to say a nice round 50. 51. 47. Oh, wow. Makes Phil get three, so you're on 14. JB got four, so you're on 13. 14 plays 13, one in it with one to play. And Jay goes first. That'll teach me for being a coward. Jay goes first. Who's last one? So, JB, you're playing first. Italy. With, with, a, with a slender one-point lead currently with Jacques Brunel, 50. Italy's head coach. 53. I think he's a bit older than that. Are you gonna? If you think he's a bit older than that, are you gonna? Are you gonna be a dirty sailor and go fifty-four? But or are you gonna play like a man? Are you gonna play fi- like a man? If it's fifty-four and it's more than that, we can only possibly draw. So I'm gonna have to go fifty-five. And if it's more than fifty-five, then I win. All right, because geek, I'm two, just... two points out. So I'm gonna go say fifty-five. Oh, and if he's such any, a stat man. He knows he worked all that out. If it's any more than that, I win. Jacques Brunel, JB says fifty-three. Phil says 55. 55 or higher, as Phil pointed out, will win it. Jack Brunel, 61. Oh, yes, oh. I knew he was older than that. <laughs> <laughs> JB can't win a quiz. It's actually becoming more entertaining the more times you try and fail to win. It's getting better and better. Oh. Wonderful quiz, Tim, wonderful quiz. Guessing ages is such a stupid quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Has nothing to do with rugby, does nothing it? Nothing to do with rugby. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll do prime ministers or something. <laughs> Did you see all the rugby players tweeting about their mums on Mother's Day? No. By the way, there was uh, Billy Vanapola's was my favourite one. He he took a picture of his back garden and and like a homemade proper hog roast. There's a pig on a spit awesome. in, in Billy Vanapola's back garden. He looked like he'd threaded it on the spit himself as well. It was absolutely awesome. And he just said, hope you're hungry, mum. 
Uh, <laughs> Freddie Burns took his mum to the theatre. Didn't uh, like Purcell have a have a campaign for Mother's Day a few years ago? Like what a hero, hero, a mum is. And there's another one as well. I think it could be Purcell, and they try and they advertise to women by showing how amazing they are because one woman can stir a coffee and at the same time like hang up washing just to show how how versatile and multitasky that, that they are. <laughs> I found it fairly patronising. Big fan of Mother's Day, Jay. <laughs> no, I quite enjoyed it today. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah, very we good. All, we all love our mums, um, but the rug- rugby players there were some there were some brilliant ones. Um, Most famous rugby mum. Mrs. Underwood? Mrs. Yeah, Underwood. Mrs. Underwood. She, she got a lot of screen time. She, she was like the Bruce Craig of her day. Yeah. Any game she was at, she'd be... Bruce they'd Craig. to her all the time. Bruce Craig has gone quiet he's recently. He's fallen off the radar, hasn't he? Yeah, we need to see more of Bruce Craig, not, not less. Maybe he, he's, I think he's back, back, back on his, in his secret den, his he, secret lair somewhere. He's, <laughs> he's been relying on Sam Burgess, like, oh. like not to be getting the, to get the, any camera time. The only time he gets on camera now is when Sam Burgess is in the stand watching the game. Do you think Sam Burgess will go back to... Manly Sea Eagles. Yeah. Uh, no. Is that because they're very mas- they're very masculine, or is that the place? <laughs> very manly. It's a place. Mm. Oh, <laughs> next, right. Next, sorry. <laughs> uh, Hold on Tim, a minute. T- it wasn't regi- registering for Tim. No. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got, uh, is there any more, is there anything you've prepared or anything, Phil? Uh, no. No, no that's cool. Cool. Um, do, I think. do you want to do some rugby problems? Uh, yeah, hold on a minute. I'll just do this. Right, but we'll, should we briefly mention the LV Cup then? Because we've long time been critics of the LV Cup. Um, we understand what it's good at. It brings through a lot of young players, and it looks like being a, a really good final. Uh, Exeter, yes. Exeter holders, again. Who will, take, who will take it seriously because they're a prideful club? Well, yeah, and but but, but equally putting a lot of young guys uh, in that in that game, and mm. their, their their production line is looking impressive at the minute. Yeah, it is. They've got a huge catchment area, haven't they? Because mm. they had kind of and like a rugby hotbed in the way that we were talking yeah. about Wales early in the podcast, saying you know that that is everyone loves rugby, and uh, we're in Manchester right now. We all live in Manchester, and the schools. Unless I send my kid to a fee paying school. Um, uh, they won't play rugby. No, no, at school. No. As I well, yeah, because everyone's so risk averse now. I mean, no, that's no, not why. No. That's nothing oh, yeah. to do with it. It's a, it's a cultural. Oh. It's a cultural They're thing. Absolutely, people not. just don't play rugby. No, no they never have played rugby. My, so, so it yeah, hasn't changed. My school was a football school, as was the, all imagine? the schools in my area. As was the whole of Manchester. It's, it's no one plays rugby. And also, like the rules for school rugby now are so diluted for kids, it hardly resembles anything which uh, which you'd do as an adult. Well, I don't know about that. There's only, only little things like you can't push more than one and a half metres in a scrum. I think that's great because sometimes you get uh, a 17-year-old that's freakishly big. Mm. And well, also there's things like no squeeze ball because that puts your neck in a vulnerable position. I've never seen anyone get injured by a squeeze ball, though. It has happened, though. Has it? Yeah. Uh, um, anyway. um, do you know in New Zealand they do it by weight, which sounds more... Yeah. Phil yeah. was telling me about that on the train down while we were tucking into some macaroons nice. on the train down to Cardiff. <laughs> Which sounds eminently more sensible, but can you can you imagine trying to introduce rugby to a non-rugby school? A, they don't know what it is, but B, the teachers would have a fit in today's like health, like health and safety culture, which wouldn't happen. Well, here's a bit of safety that, uh, that well, this could potentially get some non-rugby playing guys into rugby because this is Liam Gill doing a WWE style suplex on. Nick White's for the Queensland Reds on the Brumbies. 
So uh, I, I want you to watch this. I've one. seen this. I've seen, seen a picture it. of it. Have a look at the actual video. This is just an incredible uh, manoeuvre. It's like a judo throw. He'd got an ip on or whatever it is for judo. It's against Saifanga coming in from the side. And they scored from it. They scored from it, yeah. Get a double. So Liam Gill could get a serious punishment for that. That's okay. I don't know what rule he's broken. He, listen, he went vertical. above the horizontal. Yeah, but he's also responsible for him coming down, not on his head. Uh, yes, he didn't so come down on his head. They can go beyond the horizontal, can't they? But they've got to then be responsible for putting him back down. Yeah. Which is why... Oh, yes! So, <laughs> we, um, we were talking, weren't we, about Leighton Hodges last week. Yes. And then, would you believe it, RGC had Leighton Hodges the very next day who uh, refereed the, the, the game against Swansea on the weekend. And the feedback from Leighton, from Leighton Hodges is that he's an excellent, excellent referee. In fact... He, he a, would say that, though. No, no, sorry, this is from the RGC lads <laughs> that, that played un, underneath him. Yeah. Uh, he said, well, one of the best refs, refs that they've had. But he did restart a... What was, it, what was the rule, Phil? Do you remember? Um, <laughs> the big... Bold, very good uh, RGC second rule. Very good player. I've, I saw. Is that the same guy I saw playing for the Barbarians? It is the same guy. The same, very same one. The same guy. Very talented player. In fact, let's ask you how how do you restart the game? So, um, the big talented bold second rule for RGC yeah. spins round and fires a pass. Well, he he catches a shot at goal that misses misses the goal and he catches it with one foot inside the the in goal area, one foot outside the in goal area in the twenty two. And he goes to pass it to his um, fly half, who's standing behind the goal, completely misses him, and it just goes dead. How would you restart that? That. Oh, that's a good question. Doesn't he aim for a linesman? I thought he aimed for a linesman. It goes near the linesman, right. but the linesman then picks it up and brings it back in. But yeah. What's, yeah, what's the restart protocol or whatever it is? Well, surely whether you. <sighs> That would be would it have to would have to be a five meter scrum. That's what I said. Because if you throw the ball, even if you catch the ball in your own dead ball area, if you then throw it out, it would still be a five meter scrum. If you throw it out, that's uh, deliberately throwing it out, and then that would, that be, would a be a penalty five meters. But the way that Leighton Hodges restarted it, which looking through the rule book, we believe is the correct way. Law book. Uh, <laughs> sorry, law book um, was a twenty-two dropout. Because it was accidental, not on purpose. And, wow. and the ball was already... Because he's half in goal, it's counted as being fully in goal. So, and there it's just gone naturally dead from that. Because... Because he, the yeah, opposition kicked it into the... Because it, the opposition kicked it into the into the yeah. in goal area. So they took it in. Yeah, so they took it in and it's gone dead naturally from that uh, rather than del- wow, deliberately. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Well played, Leighton Hodges. Fact. Yeah. We, say, we do see, say nice things that's, occasionally. That's why they get, the pay, get, get paid the big bucks, just to instinctively, straight away, boom, have that bit of knowledge yeah, in their yeah, locker. Yeah, yeah, but what he's not told you is they gave him excellent parking. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to last week's podcast to uh, work out what that is about. Um, I don't think there's anything else to, to, what, to what, talk about. Are there any games next week as in uh, LV there's, there's, no, there's LV Cup final is it LV right, final we've got a guy called Paul Harris who's going to um, call in if you want him to with with a rug, with a rugby prop with a rugby problem for us to answer we can we call, can, we we can, can call tr- him if you want we can try it and uh, 
if it's if it's no good, cut it. Yep. What's his name? Paul Harris. Have you boys watched any of the Super Rugby, by the way? Uh, I watched a bit on Friday, um, but because we were out all day Saturday. What's the studio number? Am I always put studio number on on Twitter? <clears throat> we'll just we'll what? call him. Yeah. Tell him to give us our number. We'll call him. Tell him to DM DM us his number. Um. Yeah, try to think on Friday. What did I watch? Ah, oh, it doesn't really. Oh, no, let's just leave all that. That's fine. Um, so, in terms of fixtures for this weekend, obviously we've talked about the Six Nations and what we think will happen. There is Super Fifteen rugby. There's, but other than that, there's no Premiership. The the one match there is is the straight away the LV Cup final. Yeah, which is an interesting way to do it to consecutive weeks. Yeah, it's. Um, oh, is that right? Actually, have I got that? Is right? it LV Cup twenty second? Twenty second Sunday, twenty second. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Sunday. This coming Sunday, held at Franklin's Gardens, um, and it's between Saracens and Exeter. I think Exeter to win. Do you reckon? Yeah, um, Saracens put out a pretty strong team. I game. think they'll both put out good teams, but I think it means more to, to Exeter because they really appreciate being there. Yes, uh, I think one thing we should mention, by the way, in the British and Irish Cup, which is the second tier. Cup um, for championship clubs and the A teams of the uh, and some of the Principality Welsh teams and also some of the A teams for the for the Pro Twelve clubs. Um, Doncaster beat Bristol and Bristol put out a strong team. Really, really, yeah. So that's two games that uh, one in the one in the league that Bristol lost to Cornish Pirates. Was it? Yeah. Um, God, that's interesting. So it, it's by no means certain that they will go up this season, is it? No, and. You know, a lot of people say about the money they're flashing and stuff, but I actually, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're quite, it's quite as good as everyone's uh, everyone's making out. Well, they're all kind of older players, aren't they? They're kind of they're they're aging. They've got some, shall we say, personality risk in there. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> not some so, of the, some naming, naming no names. Gavin Henson. Gavin Henson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. they they had, they had the likes of Peronisi and David Lemmy. In the team, Nicky Robinson at fly half. In the team that lost away at Doncaster, so they've got Nicky Robinson, haven't they? They've got uh, the young Welsh lad whose name Matthew, Matthew Matthew Morgan, Matthew Morgan, Matthew Morgan Matthew, Ryan Jones, Ryan Jones. But there's another ten they've got there. Is that Aaron Jarvis? Who's had pre- uh, Premiership? At- Not Aaron Jarvis. Anyway, they've got a good team. Is what it, yeah. is what what I'm try- trying to say. Cool, which we call this fella then? Mm. Yeah, let's do it. We don't have to. Yes, here you go. That's the number. What's his name? Paul Harris. Do you know what his thing is so we can think? Uh, It's something to do with wearing shirts at games. Okay. 07841. Do we have a... He he looks fast. Um, Paul Harris. All right, cool. And, Do you know where he's from or anything about him? No, just he's a rugby player. Can you have a look where he's from or what his team is or anything? What were you going to call it? A section called Rugby Problems? Uh, uh, running, triathlon, marathon, ultramarathon, IT, deputy head teacher, northeast of England, very proud father, fundraiser, NSPCC, Newcastle on sign. Sounds like your kind of guy, this. It does. <laughs> it sounds exactly <laughs> like the person. <laughs> Oh dear, I love I love the Clarkson trumpeting brigade. Like 
Uh, he only split someone's lip open punching them. But Leave him alone! But he's so talented, he doesn't play by the rules that we do. He shouldn't do either. He makes millions of pounds a year because he's so talented. Yeah, but separating that, I love it. Like, but the the, the default defence that I saw on the Daily Mail comments, which I always look at and have a crack at, was basically my friends are quite. Oh, that's fine. Then the BBC don't mind paedophiles uh, <laughs> doing this, but fine. Let, but all he does is pu- all he does is put someone in hospital. <laughs> they put him, well, he reported himself. That's the other thing. And there's no there's no sign that he did put anyone in. In, in hospital. I've, I've not heard that. That's the first time that I've heard it. Well, he, he, got, he got stitched up in hospital. Yes, yeah, man up. You know, it's a fracas. <laughs> I mean, I assume he might have started the fight, but I assume that if it's a fracas, his fists going both ways. And he's not not been suspended. Just get him a steak and shut up. Yeah, get them, <laughs> get them on a steak. He's been filming all day. <laughs> I don't understand. I, we're, so, we're so righteous now. Everyone is equal. Right, no. let's call Paul Harrison. Right. Time for a new segment on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast where we turn from three rugby fans into three rugby ag- agony ants. Basically, yeah. Solving problems. And we have got a listener to the podcast based in the northeast, Paul Harris, who has got in touch and we're just giving him a buzz back now to uh, to sort his problem out. Hello? Is that Paul Harris? Hi, it is, it is. Paul, it's Tim, JB and Phil here. How are you doing? Hi, not bad, fella. You? Hi, Paul. Well, who's your team, Paul? I know you're in the northeast. Um, probably Harlequin, to be honest. I'm from down south originally, so I teach up here now. So. Deputy um, head, no less, shaping young minds. <laughs> yeah, tr- attempting to, fella. Attempting no. To. Is it a rugby? Is it a rugby you're school, Paul? Get is some it... grief off your boys, don't they? Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Well, JB particularly. Now, quick question for, for you, then, Paul. Do you play rugby in, in your school? No, uh, my school, no. It's a, it's a primary school. Um, in uh, well, we do play rugby. We do rugby league and we do touch rugby. But oh. it wouldn't. It, it's not a proper rugby school as, as you in my classes. So. Uh, well, okay. rugby league is proper rugby by any definition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Paul. So uh, we, we put the we put the word out there. We've had a bunch of people coming back to us with, um, <coughs> but we want to hear your your rugby problem. What, what's the, what's the issue? Uh, the problem is that next weekend, my brother-in-law is Irish fella, and he's got me tickets for the uh, Ireland Scotland match, obviously. And we can now see that it's going to be a, a cutting-edge sort of game up there. Mm. Uh, England could win the championships. I'm wondering whether it's worth going up there with the uh, England top on and sitting in Murrayfield and taking it off everybody. How uh, how did you find it being a couple of Englishmen? Phil and JB had a stag do in Edinburgh at the Scotland Wales game. No, we just had a, d- a day out. Just did you yeah. not go to the game? Oh uh, no, yeah, it wasn't a stag do, but yeah. Oh we, right, you had a day out. Yeah, you, we, we you were there. You, you were you were at Murrayfield, so and you went in proper like English tweed hunter welly. So it wasn't an England shirt, Paul, but it was kind of English regalia. English regalia. I'm, I, do you know what? I'm kind of uncomfortable with any man over a certain age wearing any kind of sports top. <laughs> <laughs> I think there should be, like, be like a, a cut-off. At what age? 23? I'm not even sure. I think 23 Eight, might be too old. 18. 18, I think. Full <laughs> yeah, kit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nothing worse. Than, I, I, rugby's got a bit more leeway because the kits are nicer. But there's nothing worse than seeing like a 40-year-old bloke in like a um, Liverpool shirt... Or, or like a Newcastle shirt, and then it's got like some fun, he, he, some funny bands on like again, it. This fella, isn't he? He is. He <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> Nothing well, worse. If he ever if he ever comes up, he's going to be lynched as soon as they know who this guy is. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming up for Magic Weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, because that would be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Be but I, I, they'll, I, I, they'll not let you in, fella. <laughs> <laughs> my my honest thought is that um, well, there was a, no, there was a lad in. Me and Phil were in a pub in Cardiff. 
watching the England match after the Wales Ireland game yesterday, and there was one lad who was wearing an England shirt. And every time there was a forward pass and the try got disallowed or there was a knock on or something, the whole pub were pointing it at turned him. Turned on him. <laughs> yeah. him the spit. As if he knocked it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, was in, I was in Cardiff the year we got stuffed there at the end and horrible place to be. Like, you, you, we were just in a booze, we weren't in there, but everybody, like, honestly, people coming out of nowhere just to take the piss out of three of us. <laughs> coming out of their houses, like, yeah. with their towel around their waist, like they're just about to get yeah. in the shower, just to point It was like you. the reverse Homer Simpson when he goes into the head. It was like, <laughs> They were just coming out of walls, just, 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 just two minutes laugh. Yeah. I think so it's this is like yeah, my chance to get it back on. Like, and my other brother-in-law is a Scottish fella as well, so you know it's a no-lose situation next week. Oh yeah, unless God. England lose to France. What, would you, what yeah. would you honestly do, Phil? I probably wouldn't. Just like you say, in case England at the end lose to France. Because you'll yeah. be you'll be out drinking um, afterwards after the game, still wearing your England shirt, and then if in- I don't know, yeah, yeah, it's like I don't know whether it's a full kit England shirt or whether you just put like a sort of polo shirt on with the with the Yeah, I would say right. What- you I'm a bit worried avoid- about what he's saying about this 40-year-old wearing an England shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at all costs, you want to avoid the match, like the match-fitted shirts. They, 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 <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I've, I've, see, I've seen Paul's Twitter profile. He's, he's in good shape. He does ultra marathons and stuff. Yeah, but still, yeah, do you know yeah, when you're like... Not these guns. They're not big guns up top, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, I'd stay away from the match-rated shirts. Now, if you're going to go for the classic cotton replica, that's fine. But I think you've got to go for a classic re- a classic replica, like the England BT Selvich. Yeah, I saw one of them out The like World yesterday. Cup winning ones, yeah. That's a, Wonderful. That one up there somewhere. An old school shirt. That, yeah, you could definitely do that. Yeah. And also because it's your cousin. With a blazer. Exactly what yeah. I'm thinking. I would a blazer, probably... fellow. You've seen my Twitter profile. I'm playing it. That's all gear. Oh, no. What about halfway house? An England tie? England tie? Yeah, or a, yeah. a buttonhole? If, buttonhole. Yeah. You want people to know that you're English, don't you, really? Yeah, yeah you could go in something. What, what else would be oh, well, like, really, case, really obviously a, a English, but Ch- not an English a shirt? Chain, uh, I, 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 chain I could, mail on a horse. I could just horse. go in like that fellow with the uh, St. George's suit on. Yes, <laughs> yes, do that with the, yeah, with the chain mail, like a knight of armour. Like, yeah, like a knight of armour. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more, a bit, bit more subtle than that. No, perhaps. I think full chain mail. Full chain mail. Practical. <laughs> it's safe. It, what is it? It, it is safe it's if very it safe. Off. I think the wife's got some upstairs in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> She'll kill me if she is. <laughs> and so will my brother-in-law now, actually. <laughs> Personally, I say go for it, do it, and we'll look forward to seeing the, the picture of you from yeah, your A from Twitter, your right? A&E bed on the, yeah. <laughs> on the day after the game. Yeah, I'll put something on Twitter. I'll send it to you next weekend. So. Scarf or something else. Not not a full England kit, but a scarf or just a little something. I'm with Phil on this. I'd probably go for the England tie to myself. But if you're going to go kit, just go full kit, shorts, socks, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, no full kit, there you go. <laughs> it's going to be an amazing weekend of rugby. How do you see it going? We, we were just talking about what we think is going to happen, and JB and Phil think Ireland's going to come out on top. But I actually think this is going to be. You, you were there in Cardiff for the Millennium Stadium when England got absolutely smashed. You were in Cardiff. Uh, I think this is going to be Stuart Lancaster's moment, like Gatlin had that night. I think it's going to be. Yeah. Our, I think it's going to be our. I, Jesus, it's just going to be hard with the French as well, isn't it? It's like you know, they've got to turn up at some point, haven't they? And you, you just worry about them. And it's, it's the points difference now. England in two games have given away so many points now, haven't they? Like, or by not finishing chances against mm-hmm. Italy and Scotland. Yeah. yeah, I think that's going to kill them. But it, it depends. Like the Welsh, you know, they, you know what they're like as well. They'll come out of nowhere, just out of the walls again, and uh, they'll probably be the ones that'll steal it. I've got a feeling it's going to be them. Like wow. they'll bang on a load of points against Italy, I imagine. 
And then ev- if, if they do that, then everyone else is playing catch-up. And massive pressure on them. First. Yeah, and I don't think Scotland's going to be a pushover next week for Ireland either, especially if Sexton has another game like yesterday. So. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think he will. I think he'll uh, no. he'll pull it out of the bag. Well, no. Good luck to England, I'd say. So. Definite, Damn right. Definitely. Hey, enjoy the game, Paul, and thanks ever so much yeah. for getting in touch with us. Cheers, Paul. Yeah, good luck, lads. And uh, good luck when you get up to Newcastle, fella. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Paul. Nice one, All Paul. Best, you lads. take care, mate. Cheers. And Thank you, buddy. Bye. 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 Oh, top lad. And if you have solving rugby problems for for for, ev- for everyone. And if you have a similar dilemma, then uh, get in touch with us. Tweet us at Rugby Podcast where you can get in touch with us, and uh, and we'll have you on the podcast yeah. next time. And do you know what we'd love to hear as well? People who've got like so, so, like interclub issues. You know, like they're not happy with the selection. <laughs> so then we should be quite contentious if they knew that you you were phoning in with it. You've got a few problems like that at the moment, haven't you? Would Jane? you like me to discuss them? Uh, <laughs> not no, not, not on air. Not on air. at rugby podcast is where you can find us on twitter it is going to be an unbelievable weekend of rugby super saturday has been dubbed and uh i can't wait to be talking about the final round the six nations is amazing isn't it it's good i love it yeah i absolutely love it and it's so good that there was no incredible 50 yard try scored on on saturday when we were at the wales game but it was just such an unbelievable spectacle Mm. because of the because of how important it was to both teams, both sets of fans, and just because of like the heroic defence that we've already spoke spoke about, is absolutely brilliant. I can't wait. Where, where are we watching it? Because we're not going to any of these games. But once once more, and we should say thank you very very much. Um, and Canterbury do amazing gear, as you saw in England's kit, Ireland's kit, yeah, um, and the wonderful leisure where you're wearing there, JB. Yeah, nice. thank you. Beautiful. Very nice. Mm. You look like Jeff Powling. Thank you. That's really nice. But yeah, Canterbury, £250 of their kit will be given away as our prize in the Fantasy League. So make your changes wisely. There's all to play for in that. And um, and thanks for getting involved. Thanks for tweeting. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for the iTunes reviews. And please keep doing it and we'll keep podding. I, uh, I cannot wait till next week. Uh, till then, JB, in a bit. Goodbye, Tim. Latest, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.